All right, everybody. Welcome back. Episode two of Trimming the Fat with uh, your, your good pals, Adam, Corey, and Luke. And tonight we're going to kind of tackle an array of topics. But to kick things off, uh, I guess we're going to start it off with how to stay on track when life takes you off track. And that's something that we are discussing um, pre- prior to the recording, just because it's a fact of life. We all have families, we all have jobs and responsibilities that get in the way. And I know that when I'm truly on, on track, on track, I live a very regimented life. And that makes things very easy for me as far as staying on diet, staying focused, staying healthy. But it's those days off, like Saturday is my off day. And I try to sleep in and I'm totally not on any schedule whatsoever. And I'm really just grumpy until about two o'clock in the afternoon. And I just snap out of it and, and get to it. Um, but it's getting back into that rhythm, right? On, on Sunday morning, getting up at four and going on a long bike ride and getting back into uh, meal prepping and, and, and kind of planning out the week is, is how I get my mindset back in. I don't let myself get off track for more than a day or two at a time. How's it work for you guys? Absolutely. I think uh, for me, kind of similar. Actually, Luke, why don't you talk this time some more? <laughs> Get you in the middle of this. Um, so every other time that I tried losing weight, I was strict on everything I did. I couldn't miss a day. I couldn't eat one little, you know, stick of gum that wasn't on my plan. But and and the thing with that, my my biggest issue was if I did go off my routine I gave up I was like man I I ruined everything with that that one meal or that one bite that I took I shouldn't have so now I just uh I I do my plan but I I'm smart about it like there are going to be days where you screw up there are going to be days that you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to work out and those are the days I, I push myself a little bit harder but you don't have to you don't have to you know be a robot and do these things every day the same way you know what i mean you can uh, enjoy it it's it's something that you're going to hopefully do for the rest of your life learn to enjoy it see i'm i'm the rigid type i'm i'm the type that everything has to be a certain way and i would say one of my bigger challenges is trying to get the whole family on board in a way that doesn't take it off as well because i'm i i don't do well with you know, all the junk food coming through and it's like, what the hell are the, is that for? I mean, really, why are we having Pop-Tarts when I just spent, you know, $200 in this other food to make sure that we're all eating well? And it just throws me way off track. I have a list of certain kinds of foods that I need to eat in a day. And that I find helps me that rigidness of, I need so many beans. I need so many greens. I need so many you know, to that level of detail, I find it a lot easier because I know the food that I'm looking for are my boxes that aren't checked. I know the functions that I'm looking for are the ones that's not checked. So it's not like, what do I do now? It's like, oh, I have this whole list, but my list is extensive enough that it's almost impossible to get it all in a day. So I'm never looking for the the Twinkie or the Ho-Ho. I'm looking for, damn it, I'm still short on two of my greens do I need to make a smoothie to throw some kale in there? Or, you know, what do I need to do to make sure I get my checklist? Yeah, but those, those Twinkies are so damn good. 
<laughs> yes, yes. I, I am. I, I, that's the thing for me. I, I am a hundred percent a junk food junkie. I mean, it comes to snacks. If it's sweet, I want it no matter what. And that's. I think that you know we we all have kids, right? And they're all in different ages. And that's that's one of the hardest parts about it. Luckily, you know, my son's four. My daughter is what nine months old, and it's easier because I can I can buy him healthier snacks. But still, you know, there's some things that he is going to want to have like chocolate, right? Or this, that, and the other that you can't, you can't sub out different things because the kids are going to know about it. But um, yeah, but to your point, Luke, about, you know, I, I used to be like super hardcore and not be the same way. Like, like, so I, I did my big bike, bike ride yesterday, right? And I got up and I went and started checking through all my stuff and I opened up my, my, um, my headphones and only, only one of them charged. My left one was completely dead. And the old version of me would be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just not going. I'm done. I'm, I quit. Uh, but I'm like, well, it's it's zero. It's four o'clock in the damn morning. I have time to charge it. So I charge it and it was fine. It lasted the whole bike ride. But I used to be the same way, man. Like, if one thing was off, I, I just throw up my hands and walk away and be like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just meant to be fat. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, that's how I was, man. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm fine. I'm going to go get like six Cokes and a pack of donuts and be happy. Um, but now that's why I have that, that Saturday, like, you, you know, since I'm, I'm still kind of in maintenance mode right now for myself, even though I'm, I'm weighing myself a day and trying to stay on track, I have Saturdays as that day, that planned day off where I can just do whatever. I still find myself eating a lot healthier than I used to, but if it's, I want to get the burger and fries, I'm going to get it that day. Um, or, you know, just snack like crap or have the sweets. But I think you're right. I, I, now again, it's all different for everyone, right? Everyone has a different plan, and everyone everyone's brain works differently and how they are in this journey. So I think that it's it's good to know where your willpower is and, and how far you can take that. Because like Corey, like you said last time, where you know where I can gain five ten pounds in a weekend, have a good time. For some people, you blink and that's not like fifty or sixty pounds they gained on because they just let themselves go just just a little bit. Yep. Yep, yep exactly. Turns into two. Right, turns, turns into six months. Yep, and I think that some people, they need that day of, or that time of, they still need to have that connection to, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the Twinkie or whether it's the steak or whether it's the, you know, going out for drinks with buddies once in a while. Some people have to have that. I think some also should realize that that's the edge of your cliff. Uh, I mean, I, I know that sounds extreme for some, but realistically, I know me going out drinking with the buddies, I'm going to be drinking the next night as well, or and the night after, and the night after that. I just know that that's, that, that's the edge of my cliff. That's where I got to be like, no, it's not going to be one beer because I love beer. It's not going to be one whiskey because I have a whole selection of damn good whiskeys that once I crack that open, I'm going to try a few of them. <laughs> right. right. So I shouldn't be drinking this uh, whiskey barrel aged stout in front of you. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> with I'm me, still celebrating. I uh, on that with the one day turns into two and two turns into four. Um, I'm a binge eater, so I eat a lot at one time. And for me, when I tried to lose the weight before, I was restricting, and I would. All right, so no fast food, no, you know, no starburst from the kids or any of that. And when I would give in, it was chaos. 
it was I'm I'm eating the whole kit and caboodle. You know what I mean? I would always go over when I did cut all that out completely. But now if I'm craving something, I can go get it and I can I always say this in quotes and people get pissy about it, but I eat like a normal person. You know, like I'm not <laughs> eating like a fat person. No, that's it's so true, man. No, that's yeah. so true because I mean like there's times where I'll go to a restaurant that I haven't been to since I lost my weight, right? So it's been like two or three years and I go to that restaurant and I'll order exactly what I used to order. And it'll come in and I'll be like, holy shit, I used to eat all of this. Yeah. And then I'll proceed to eat the whole thing all over again, but then I'll feel like crap for a couple of days. It's just like, but even like a normal person, you actually realize what what a typical portion size is like, right? Yep. And it's not like this huge thing that's covered in cheese and then dipped in ranch, which is yeah. my go-to. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, Luke, on your Valentine's podcast, you talked about how you would bring home cheesecake and then you'd eat cheesecake on the way. Yeah. Like how, how big a cheesecake was it? Was it a so, full-size cheesecake? Or? No, it wasn't a full-size, but it was a, a big, it was some little old lady makes it for this local uh, pizza joint. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's like that that size, um, a slice of a ca- cheesecake. Yeah. And I mean, it was. Well, you're also a big guy too. So they, that's like what, six inches around or eight inches around, do you think? Yes. And it, I mean, if I had to guess, I've never counted it, but it's probably about 700 calories, 800 calories uh, in the, the serving. Um, and yeah, like I said, I would, you know, sometimes one of them would make it home and I'd tell my wife, well, this is, you know, I got you something. I don't want one. But most of the time they wouldn't make it home. They, you know, I'd find a trash can to throw it out on the way home and never speak of it again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've definitely done my fair share of those. I mean, just like just eating things like I'll just get an extra one of these, an extra one of those, and like like we, we have a we have, you know, we've donuts, everyone has donuts place, but down here we have kolaches, which is basically like ham or sausage and cheese or jalapeno inside like basically a bun. And I would go get donuts and kolaches for everyone. And then I'd get a couple more of like kolaches for myself, which I'd eat on the way home. And then I'd eat donuts and kolaches when I, once I got home as yeah. well. So yeah, just yeah. little things like that, they just add on. Or I was talking last night to a buddy of mine who's also on this journey. And I was like, man, once I clean up my act, I started thinking about how much I used to drink. And how. I mean, even now it'd, it'd be a beer or two, you know, you know, sometimes every night, sometimes every few nights, whatever it is. But back in the day, I was drinking a lot of like Miller Lite and I'd go out and I would drink, you know, 10 beers a night. That's like a thousand, that's a thousand, twelve hundred calories easy every night. And then over the course of a week, you're having like 10 to 12 days with the calories in seven days. It's like, well, no wonder I could never lose weight, no matter how much I worked out or how well I ate. I'm still, I'm still, you know, adding on like 10,000 calories in just beer. I mean, was it delicious? Yeah, but you know, it's not it's not worth it. Right. And that's I think uh sneaking those extras in, you know, I don't know how many stories I can say as well, you know, order tacos. Well, I'm gonna order an extra one for the road. I mean, yeah. I can eat that on the way home. <laughs> I yeah. mean gotta have a road a taco, taco. toll, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, taco that's right. toll. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think some of those are you know, there's definitely stumbling blocks. And I think uh, when we kind of veer back a little bit to what happens when we're thrown off task is I think you have to identify what those stumbling blocks are 
and how serious they are to you. Doing that once in a while, you know, if we rephrase that taco to I'm eating an apple before my meal, all of a sudden that's healthy because I'm getting pre-calories before my meal, I'm going to eat less at that meal. So, I mean, we can justify it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually a, a damn good point though too. And I think that's one thing that for me, why this time was different was that I, I, I thought back to my, my undergrad, right? So I got my degree in psychology and when you start learning about the different schools of therapy, and um, you guys have been through some meetings too with the different, I know, look, you, you mentioned the binge eaters or over years anonymous and stuff like that. You know, part of the psychology of it, a part of counseling is, is there's, there's a lot of homework for you to do and there's a lot of identifying triggers, right? So like keeping a journal, it's like, okay, this happened and then now I want to eat this. And then finding, for me, it was like finding that, that introspective, like, discovery of like why am i doing this it's like i feel bad right now so i'm gonna have this candy bar because i don't know it's gonna make me feel better now or whatever it may be but it was for me it's kind of like identifying those triggers and, and to your point Corey, then after i identified my bad habits okay how can i swap this out with something good and that's why i started being the guy that carries around uh, protein bars or i always had protein bars in my my drawer in my office because i had, had now found some that i felt tasted good enough that could satiate that need for a candy bar but then i knew i could have that and be 250 calories like i think mean, like 30 grams of protein and, and, and very low sugar so i started kind of finding those things once i once i had the wherewithal to identify it i could establish a habit that could still fulfill those needs but be on track for me to lose weight and to fit into the calories and in, in my plan in general yeah. yep and I, I think that's a, a definitely a good trick you know whenever I start and whenever I talk to anybody my thing is you know if you can identify the four places you stay the most at in your house or the three places where you stay the most time at in your house and you put a fruit basket there or you put whatever you're willing to eat that is actually healthy right there and you leave it there. I don't care if it's in the middle of your dining room table or at your desk or at your, you know, recliner, that food is always there just because I'm inherently fat and lazy. And most people who are overweight have that little bit of lazy gene in there. And if the, you know, apple is there versus going to the fridge and scouring for something there, yeah, might as well just eat the apple. It's right here. Yeah. I, I, I always said I wasn't lazy. I was just a master of efficiency. Right, right. I, I was. I, I get really, really creative at, at, at being very, very efficient and doing whatever I needed to do and, and having the desired outcome, whether it be work or, or whatever, uh, so I could not do other stuff. <laughs> so, but you're right. And, and, and it's funny too, because I, I hear people talk about, well, you know, I should, I should only have like one or two servings of fruit a day because the sugars because the sugars it's like yeah i much rather you eat six bananas today than have four or five candy bars yeah or that piece right. of cake or a whole cheesecake you know or that the chocolate shake whatever it may be um i, I think it's just better because you can find those things like that will like i said before it'll it'll, it'll tell your brain you you had that you can like fulfill that need fulfill that craving and then be done with it. Uh, another thing that I started doing was that I take like a like a snack pack, like a chocolate pudding snack pack cup, mm -hmm. and mix that with a Cool Whip, and then kind of mix those together. 
so that it, because I think I, I told you guys before, I, I'm like a, I see, I eat with my eyes. I'm like a volume eater. I want to eat like a big, huge thing of it. So I can put something like Cool Whip that has relatively low calories with a pudding cup, which again, is a finite number of calories because it's one serving, and then mix it all together and it looks way bigger. And I still get the sweets and I still get the chocolate. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's not like eating a whole bowl of ice cream, but it's, you, you can kind of trick yourself into thinking it is. Yeah, you gotta, right. you gotta right. find that, uh, that replacement, like you were saying with the protein bars. Um, a lot of people think, well, I don't wanna eat healthy because it tastes bad or it's disgusting. But there are some awesome snacks out there that you can get that taste amazing that, again, you can trick your mind into like potato chips, get those rice cakes you know, or, uh, anything really like, uh, you're talking about ice cream. Uh, I read a thing on the internet where you freeze a banana and then mash it up and it tastes yep. like ice cream. You know, if you put it, you put it in the freezer. Well, there's also it, the, the, yeah. Hey, go ahead. Running it through a juicer. We had the health food restaurant and that's one of the things that we did with sorbets and it's based with frozen bananas and, uh, blueberries or raspberries or whatever other fruit you wanted to add to it. And as long as your bananas are really ripe when they go in and they freeze, you come out with something that most people to start with can't believe that it's that it's actually just fruit. Yeah. It's, you know, it tricks the mind enough that it's frozen. It's good. What else is in this? It's a banana and some blueberries. That's, yep. that's it. That's all that's yep. there. You know, it's one of those things that we have a familiarity with certain textures or familiarity with that mindset of I, I need this thing, whether it's a volume setup or whether it's, you know, a, a, a dessert thing, you do that. And like you said, you throw some, you know, whipped cream on top of that. Again, you're next to no calories. You can make, you know, a chocolate syrup out of, you know, a dark chocolate and some oat milk and some yakon syrup and all of a sudden you have all this built up and layered up and it's like wow that's amazingly delicious how many calories are in there and the banana has maybe a hundred um yeah. but it has all of its fiber so the sugar's not going to really matter the blueberries are maybe you know 20 and you know the yakon syrups maybe another 15 20 calories yeah you're having a whole 150 calories and it's like you know almost a three quarters of a pound of food yep Gee, how horrible is that? <laughs> right. Oh, quiet time. Can't do that. <laughs> Silence. Oh no. Well, I, I, I had three. I had three different thoughts uh, fighting with me in my head about that one. Let them out. Oh, okay. Um, no, no. I was, was going to say with the, the ice cream, there's also a brand called Halo Top. It's out there. It's yep. uh, low sugar and has added protein in it. It's 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 decent, but it's not as good. Um, but you're right about, about the textures and everything else, man. It's just, it's hard to make that break. I think for me, when I first started, you know, when I went to my doctor and I committed to myself to this journey for the first three months, you know, I, I said this on the last podcast, you know, I, I went like super hardcore, super clean and no booze, no nothing. I mean, just super, super clean all the time. And I think doing that kind of let me be able to reset as far as like tastes and feelings for tastes and now i think that that really made it easier for me to find those healthier alternatives in a way um but even when i do go and get like a coke classic right or, or, you know the, the red can coke and i have that it's like 
it, once it hits the lips, right, it, it feels really good. But then if I drink half of it, I start getting sick because it's like so much sugar and so much not good, which is right. it's really surprising to me. Because I mean, I, I, as a kid, like when I had an upset stomach, mom would stir the bubbles out and here you go. Like old school, like Midwestern <laughs> remedies, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we just always had it. And, and I've said this before, I, I used to be able to sit down at dinner and I'd suck down five, six Cokes at a restaurant, no problem not a big deal at all but now it's i, I can't I, I think that i drink so much water now even when i if i have days that i'm off my water intake if i go take a shower my skin feels different it's really weird i mean it, it's it's a good weird though because i know that i need to drink more water now and then when i drink more water i make better decisions because my body's you know where it is so on that note i'm gonna put my beer down <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i you know, you can expand on that field of more water and more things uh, to an infinite degree. I think mm -hmm. one thing that I'd like to kind of hit on is uh, having your tools. Because um, we, you know, identifying your weaknesses, I think, is a tool. Um, knowing how to cook is probably one of the biggest assets to weight loss that there is period my wife knows how to cook i know how to cook and it gets to a point to where i work around you know some guy guys you know that are you know we all know them they aren't going to eat anything vegan if you label it vegan they aren't going to touch anything healthy if you label it healthy but now they're getting to the point where they want to try whatever i'm eating every day i bring it because it doesn't look right it doesn't look normal but then when they taste it they've learned not to ask what's in it <laughs> but they just taste it and they're like how is that what is that how you know it's this look of confusion of how that can taste good because they know that with me i'm very definite very fine ridge so if i say it's healthy it's healthy it's you know there's no wavering of anything there and i make the comment at times that you know i can make a salad taste as good as a steak and a lot of people that'll trigger like no you can't yeah have some salad holy crap what would you do to this this isn't just you know lettuce no i don't use lettuce i i layer what greens we're using i have moons i have you know cabbage i have these different layers of flavor in there to make it infinitely bigger and i think when we talk about falling off a task i think if you set it up tailored to you your entire structure when you go off a task after you build that what was the big word i couldn't say earlier adam or writer type ritualistic ritualistic habits once you build those when you go off a track then all of a sudden you're out of your comfort zone it's mm -hmm. not the right same comfort foods that you've built but i think it's getting to that point of you know having that consistency or that you know i want these things because i crave how they make me feel i, I want yeah. these things because i you know i enjoy them now versus you know just the same as the beer. If I have a beer every night and I have a good emotional experience with that, I build that habit of having that beer every night. So that's what I reach for. It, but it takes time to kind of turn those that direction. I think during that first however long it is for a person to build that, 
it's so easy to fall off a task because we're just falling back into what we know. And we always go back to that. It's easy. We have to redevelop what we are. Yeah. yeah. Another good thing for me when I would, when I'd go off track, I, I could see it in my face. My face would get red, it'd get inflamed. Um, I would feel bad. Um, my trips to the bathroom would be longer and uh, more difficult. Um, but I, I think that that's the kind of, the, this whole thing is about being honest and true to yourself, right? You know what you should be doing. You know when you go off track, you know what you're putting in your mouth, but you have to figure out ways that work for you. I think that's the underlying theme. It, that's going to get you back on track without beating yourself up. And just like that, in that thread the other day we were, we were on about, but that, that one, one of a trainer guy talking about, you know, you, sh you should never, you should throw your scale away. Never wait, never, never weigh yourself. It's like, bro. Okay. Yeah. I saw that one picture of you, the pot belly after you had a burrito in college and now you're completely ripped. Yeah. You don't know the hell you're talking about. I don't care what kinesiology degree you got and what online certificate bullshit thing you got. That's not how it works in the real world, man. Like, Oh, I, I was a binge eater. It's like, no, man, you, you went to CC's one time. Shut up. You don't know what it's like. You don't right. know what it's like. You CC. don't know what it's like. Yeah. I mean, I hate that shit, man. Like, sorry, I'm going to get, I'm riled up. I had a beer and a half. Um, <laughs> but, but for me, that's the ultimate, the ultimate check and balance is that I get up the next morning, whether I want to or not, I step on that scale and I see where I'm at. And, and that's, it either lets me like, okay, I can go and coast a little bit today, or I need to pick up the pace and get back to it. And then, and go from there that and just you know for me i'd say that's one of my biggest things how to get myself back on track because you can let yourself go for a day or two or if you're on vacation that's fine but know when you come back it, it's it's time to go back to work it's time to get back on it and 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 not beat yourself up about it like i think that the three of us and i think most people in general is like when you have this goal and you get off a little bit you just want to throw up your hands and walk away and be done with it but you have to realize this is a lifelong journey yep. it's not it's not i have to lose 50 pounds in six months you know unless you're trying to win a shitload of money and that's a different story we, we can help you with that but um, right. You can crack the whip, but I think that you know, people need to realize that you you have to be the tortoise in this. You're not the hare, and you're gonna fail. But you, it's not, it's not. I mean, the whole thing about fail is the first attempt in learning, right? You're gonna fail, but how do you recover and how do you get back to it? And are you reinvigorated now? And and what notes did you take? And how did it make you feel? And what do you not want to do again? And you know, it's not one of those things where you have to eat. You know, salads every day or chicken and rice every day or, or or whatever it may be it's like you i think people just need to be more realistic about it i mean you, you guys are in, in your different support groups and, and different groups on facebook you you see the comments on that and people just want to be told what to do and how to do it and just be like there's some some lemming right just wandering around being told what to do and it's like look it's not that easy i mean the easy right. part the easy part is is yeah Calories in, calories out, exercise every day, drink a gallon of water every day, cut out all the, the fast food, anything from the box, cook for yourself. But there's so much more to it than that. I mean, it's, it's the mental aspect of it. And, and it's about how you kind of attack it and what your game plan is. And if, you know, hey, you truly, I, I I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> you truly have to want it. And like you said, you gotta be honest with yourself. Um, you know, there's been times where I've, I've lied to myself, like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I justify different things and you're, you're not going to succeed doing that. You know, um, like you, you mentioned the, the support groups and I was going to bring that up because Corey, you brought up the tools. And I think my biggest 
tool is the support groups on Facebook. If you listen to my podcast, that's, I talk about that in like every episode. Um, if I'm, if I'm struggling to, I'm going to overeat or I'm going to binge eat. I make a post. If I'm having a, a rough day, Hey, I, you know, I want to talk to somebody cause I'm, I'm stressing and I want to go to the kitchen and those support groups, everybody in there for the most part is where I'm at or has been where I'm at that can help me get to where I want to be. So I, I definitely recommend right. support groups. Well, I think uh, one thing we could do is uh, in the description below, put together a list of some of the, you know, some of those tools and yeah. what we feel are tools that help us get back to track, whether it be, you know, actually weighing yourself twice a day, um, which I just started doing that on this journey. I used to be the guy to tell you, don't look at a scale for at least a week to every two weeks. You know, that, that was something that I've told a lot of people that I believe myself, but doing it this time, weighing it, and I did a video on this here not too long ago, it showed me to where if I eat too few calories in a day, I will gain weight in two days. Just one of those things where by me keeping track of it and following, you know, I thought, hey, you know, granted that day I didn't eat as much and the next day I'd lose weight, but then that weight loss would stop and I would gain a little or I'd stay there for two or three days because my body just automatically freezes. Now, sure, if I would have kept that calorie restriction up long enough, I know it would have kept coming off faster, but it's not a comfort to go to bed starving. It's not a comfort to be hungry, you know, for those extra hours. I do the intermittent fasting, so I've gotten used to some of it, but there's a point to where too few is not enough. Also with water, you know, I can tell on the scale when I don't drink enough water, I don't lose as, weight as, as much weight as fast. Just little things like that, those little tools, I think would be hugely beneficial that if we just take some time, throw those down, whether you use them or they implement to how you're doing things, that's up to you. I mean, some people may look at that and be like, uh-uh, I, I, if I see my weight stay the same or gain, you know, in between the morning and night, I'm done. Then don't yeah. do that. I mean. You gotta find what works for you. No, you. You really do. And for me, like, I was just constantly doing experiments myself, right? I wanted to weigh myself. First thing, when I got up in the morning after I went to the bathroom, right after my, my morning workout, and then I would weigh myself before bed to kind of see, you know, exactly where I was and, and how, it, how it went and it, what tweaks I was making day on day. If I could, um, you know, if I could change this or tweak that, how would it affect that, right? And, and I, you know, I think we've all, all, all heard that you're gonna gain five, 10 pounds a day just with, you know, water or whatever, water retention or whatever it may be. And I wanted to see where that was. And I was really curious about how much weight you lose when you slept because when your body's recuperating, regenerating, whatever, and you are sweating. And, you know, it was great. Cause I mean, there, there's times where I literally would weigh myself right before bed and then I weighed myself right when I got up before into the bathroom and then after the bathroom, right? And I would, sometimes it would be like a five pound difference between the three. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it weighing the most before I went to bed. And then of course less when I woke up and even less went to the bathroom and then even less after I got back from my workout. Uh, but it just is seeing those kind of things and then saying, hey, look, I, I drank all this water today. I feel like I should be bloated, but I feel so much better and I'm actually losing weight. Well, that makes sense because it's, the more water we have, the more efficient everything is. Everything, every system we have in our body is way more efficient. 
and even though the first i'd say first few days first few weeks you drink a gallon of water a day you feel bloated and you're peeing like every 12 seconds but once your body gets regulated to it it's fantastic yep definitely um i i noticed that i i'm a uh, compulsive weigher you know the scale is something i'm I need to I need to loosen up on because I, I do it throughout the day all day every day um, but one thing I have noticed is even if I stay within my calories uh, because that's that's what I do is I'm a, on a calorie plan you know if I don't go over I'm good well there's certain foods that I can eat that the, tomorrow when I weigh myself I'm gonna you know I'm not gonna see as big of a difference even if I it's the same calories that I ate for three days in a row. And, and that's one thing I like about stepping on a scale is I can see what this food will do to me. If I, if I, okay, well, I'm going to stay away from that because it's slows my weight loss down. Or, you know, I even put on a little bit of weight from eating this, you know, twice in a row. That's why, that's why I don't like about it. some of those support groups are like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter what you eat. Just, just it's calories in versus cal- as long as you're burning more calories and you're eating, it doesn't matter. Well, true. I mean, but I wouldn't recommend eating someone eating only Snickers bars for their diet. Right. And then trying to work that off. I don't care if you have, okay, you have 2000, 2000 calories with the Snickers bars versus eating, you know, chicken and vegetables or some other protein pork or, or steak or whatever it may be and, and lots of veggies and fruit. Okay. Let's, 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 let's have that experiment. You eat nothing but Snickers and then I'll eat a really balanced protein rich diet and let's see who loses more weight first yeah. and then let's do our blood work before and after and see who's diabetic and who's not yeah you may lose weight but you're not going to get healthy no no it's you're going to have a, a litany of other problems man so yeah yeah I, I think on food alone so many people get confused and there's so much out there that is bullshit <laughs> i mean yeah, just yeah. plain flat out bullshit as far as diets go. And what's bad is, you know, when our bodies are so efficient and so able to adapt that even giving somebody Snickers and that's their only thing, there are times when you can actually lose weight with that. So people get stuck on seeing one little focus of it, but they don't get to see the whole picture that that weight's not going to stay off. That, that, you know, those things aren't going to still be there. Realistically, if your food is on point, and I don't want to open the subject up, then it doesn't matter whether that scale goes down, your health is becoming more optimized. Yep. You know? Yeah, definitely, man. And one, one thing real quick before we run out of time, because I don't want to get into that, but um, I know a lot of people can complain about, oh, I'm, I'm not efficient. My, my, my system's not efficient. I always say, eat some corn. Eat some corn and tell me how efficient or inefficient you are. Because for some reason, that corn will move through your body faster than anything I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But, but to your point, Corey, I mean, if you're eating a balanced diet, yeah, I mean, you may not lose weight, but your overall health is a, a completely different subject too. I mean, I think that they, they should be synonymous, but they're, they're totally different topics to discuss. I mean, that's at the end of it, that's what it is. I mean, I know I've said this before, but according to my BMI right now, even though my, my blood works perfectly healthy and I'm technically medically healthy as, a, as an individual, my BMI still said I died like in 1997. So, I mean, 
it's it's you know it's one of those things where i think that for us as as creatures of habit we, we do want to focus on the scale and get to a certain weight lose a certain amount of pounds because that, that's what we want to do and it's probably what we need to do um but i i think that blood work is also really really important to make sure that all your levels are 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 normal and your a1c is down when you're not in the pre-diabetic diabetic categories your, your testosterone's up for, especially for us guys i know that was one of my major issues and and now that it's up man it's a it's a, it's a game changer i mean since i've lost the weight and i mean my my just every 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 like lens of my lifestyle is just better right i've been with more energy all the time i want to go do all the things I'm doing ridiculously stupid stuff like i did yesterday in that bike ride <laughs> i mean it's just it's yeah I'll, I'll leave it at that because I know I've been monopolizing time. <laughs> so, Adam, one quick question, real quick. Sure. Thirty seconds answer. When you fall off a track, how do you get back on? I just get back on. I don't beat myself up about it. I say today's a day. Tomorrow's a new day. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. I'm gonna get up at four a.m. I'm gonna get on the bike. And I'm gonna get back on track. That's it's just that it. That, I mean, I've stopped beating myself up about it. I know how to fix it. I know what to do. It's time just to, to, to shut up and put up and go. Yep. Luke, you, 30 seconds. It's about the What's same. What's your advice? Um, you know, you can't change the past. Just uh, put your head down and push forward. Go in the same direction that you, you, you were heading in before. Don't look back. Absolutely. I agree 100%. You can't uh, guilt trip yourself. I mean, we are our own biggest enemies, um, our own biggest critics, but we can also be our own biggest supporters. We need to have that mentality of, you know, I am the boss. I am in control. I did something yesterday. I always try to find why I did. And if it's because I wanted to enjoy it, then damn it, claim it. I wanted to enjoy that. That's, that's what I wanted to do. But I also want to enjoy the life in which I'm going to. So getting back on. And we can go right where we were just abruptly cut off when I was mid-sentence. Sorry about that. Time limits and all that good stuff. So we get a part two of uh, what's the title of what we're doing when we go off track? Uh, how do we get back on track? Yeah. <laughs> when life takes you off track, how do you get back on track? Boy, talk about being off track today. I've just had a hard time getting things out. <laughs> well, it's Sunday, right? That's today. Yeah. It's Sunday, and I, I had a killer workout this morning that I definitely uh, felt the rest of the day. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I woke up this morning. Uh, I was fearful after riding my bike 77 miles yesterday that I'd wake up and and every ounce of my being would hurt. But I woke up and I felt fantastic, and it was really weird. So now I'm really scared for tomorrow, and the, <laughs> and the delayed onset muscle soreness that always hits me the second day. I'm like, holy crap. And if today was easy, whoo, tomorrow might be just uh, either it's going to be like, like I didn't do anything or it's going to be, I'm going to wake up and feel like I'm in a body cast. It's, it's, it should be very interesting. What if you wake up tomorrow and you're just fine too? Well, then uh, I guess I need to start doing some more crazy shit. That's right. That's right. Unfortunately, 
Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, so like when I did the bike ride, it's supposed to be 70, 75 miles, and apparently I, I went a wrong way, and I did two extra miles, and then, which is fine, whatever. But down here we have the MS 150, right? So it's a 150 mile ride. It's 75 miles a day, for two days in a row. It's this big party, and uh, it was something that I've always wanted to do. And now that I've done half of it, I'm like, I'm not really sure I want to do the rest of that at all. But again, if, if I'm not sore tomorrow, maybe I, maybe either I'm either in better shape than I thought I was, or I was hydrated the right way, or I, I don't know. But uh, it, it's it's pretty astounding that I, I I could walk just fine this morning and run around with my, my, my son. So I, I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, good that's one, yeah, really good surprise. I mean, when I first started working out like hardcore, like every day, whether it be biking or before when I used to powerlift, there was like the first two months every day where I, every day was a struggle to get out of bed. And then all of a sudden after, after two months, like, you just wake up and like nothing hurts anymore. You're like, this is weird. And then I, of course, go in there and be like, all right, let's, let's max out on everything, try and get sore. And of course it was stupid, but. Yeah. <laughs> let's really make the joints hurt today. Right. Let's let's make let's make the, the muscular and skeletal everything hurt all at one time. That's good. Yeah, I'm still struggling with the, the skeletal on stuff. I, I've noticed that today. I've been trying to get some other exercises implemented in with the larger muscle groups. Unfortunately, that includes knees being functioned in it. And that's gonna be a challenge getting through that one. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, man. And the knees, like, I mean, for us, like, I mean, Corey, you and I are about the same height. I mean, being a big guy and being compact and those knees, his knees take take the brunt of it 100%. And I when I first started getting up and moving, um, you know, the IT band, those muscle groups in the side of your thighs and in your knees and calves were areas that really hurt bad. And a lot of times I thought it was a skeletal issue, but it was like a muscle tendon issue. And right. It's nothing like a, like a lacrosse ball or um, a foam roller really hammer that out. But there's, but then I also, I also had skeletal issues too because <laughs> my knees were bad. So it's kind of hard to distinguish the two. Some of mine is I've walked, I never, I never had a good form of walking or anything like that. And I didn't realize it until after I had already had, you know, knee damage on top of being heavy as well. So it was compounded to where uh, my knees are just destroyed. I remember it's been probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago. I went to the doctor because I had extreme muscle Okay, what do you got? It's like, you have a torn meniscus like okay so is that the bad news he goes no that's the best part of your everything else is bone on bone that's the rest of your meniscus that's all that's there is what's torn everything else is gone that that was essentially my my same my same story 100% man like I had one full tear two partial tears and the whole outside of my knee my right knee was completely bone on bone and I saw the x-rays I'm like holy crap and the guy's like yeah, man. You, if if next year you're gonna be coming back for a new knee, if you don't change everything like today, like today, today. This is and he's like, I'm giving you that talk right now, right? This is that 
because he called me fat too so there's that there's yeah. definitely an eye opener uh, <laughs> for sure you know when you're like oh but i'm the strongest guy in the gym doesn't matter right right it mine i was so heavy and i'd lost weight since then and then gained it most of it back but they basically told me that we can't do a surgery on you because of how heavy you are you're too much of a risk and plus how young you are if we do a surgery now it's only going to last you you know six to ten years at best you you're you'd be on track for too many surgeries so it's either you deal with the excruciating pain now until you can't walk or you're going to be that way you know towards the end of your life pick your poison when you want it deal with it now or deal with it later either way you're going to be going through what you're going through and that's you know i've had too many life opening stories so or eye opening not life opening again i think i got pregnancy brain today or some shit i don't know what's going on but uh it's okay we, we, we support your lifestyle thank you i <laughs> appreciate it <laughs> um but i think uh getting back on track a little bit when you talk about keeping things how do you get back on track is i think having some of that stuff in your toolbox of realizing why you're doing it why you need to or why you want to whatever it is that you have to fall back on that, you know, I, I know that my knees are ruined, but they feel a heck of a lot better at 265 pounds than they do at 459 pounds. <laughs> I mean, there's just because they're bad doesn't mean that I, I have to be in as much pain as I am. And I think most people don't realize how much pain they're in, especially when you're morbidly obese until you start getting some of the relief from some of the pain i mean yep. it's one of those yep. things where we hurt a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah that i think go ahead look i've got a bad knee um i was goofing off at one of my old jobs sliding on wet pavement and i slammed into a lift you lift your cars up and i've got a permanent dent in my knee and my weight doesn't help that um and I've noticed the weight that, you know, I've, I've got almost 60 pounds off and on occasion I'll still be in that pain, but it's nothing like it used to be. It used to be daily. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to sit down a couple of times before I get to the car. So it's a huge, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to make very, very similar remarks, man. It's just, it's just it. I mean, when you're heavy, you just accept the fact that, that everything hurts, it's supposed to hurt. And that's part of the denial or part of the fear factor in the whole thing. And you just accept it, right? And you're like, it's fine, no big deal, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I know when I first started years ago when I was trying to fix myself and I did everything but tackle my own weight issues and my eating issues. Like when I went and uh, got my septum fixed and, and I did uh, blue and sinoplasty and I had some terminate reduction stuff done. And it was, it was a life changer. I, I, I didn't realize how much constant pain I was in from my sinuses and sinus headaches that I had for 10, 15 years that I just dealt with it. And the same thing with the, the joint pain in your, in your knees and hips, it, it, it's just there. I mean that, and then, and then it, it you overcompensate other ways. You're always leaning on something to alleviate that pain. So then your shoulders hurt, then your elbows hurt. And then, then you wake up, the alarm clock goes off and you just lay there in bed like, oh, geez, I mean, how am I going to do this? But then you right. find a way, you find a way to get up and do it 
but it's just funny like now that i can look back on it it's like man all that time and effort i i put into figuring out how to justify things if i was just taking that and put just a, a fraction of that to like just doing something better or finding a better or healthier way to do x i could have been at this point you know five ten fifteen years ago but i mean i mean i wasn't ready mentally i mean i wasn't ready to accept those things and i wasn't ready to you know have that you know, proverbial come to jesus with myself and be like look dude you gotta fix yourself inside and out and and figure out why you want to do this and then how you're gonna do it and how is it gonna work and and you know, like I know that before you cut off, I think we've all kind of talked about what systems work for us, whether it's weighing yourself or being honest with yourself or keeping a journal, but you really have to do a lot of soul searching and, and, and digging into it. And I know in my personal life, when people have come to me and asked me what my advice is of getting started, I uh, first thing I say is, you know, definitely go to your, find a doctor you know and trust, whether it be your primary care doctor or, or non-surgical weight loss doctor, and go get your complete physical that way. But I also tell them like, look, you might also want to see a psychiatrist and talk to a psychiatrist, go to therapy and talk through that and talk through the whys and, and find out why this is making you feel better. And maybe that's just me and maybe that's just the, the, the psychology degree that I have. And maybe that's why I got that degree. I don't know, but I think that really helps. And I think that, you know, you guys have seen it and Luke, I mean, you, you go to your anonymous meetings too, but I know that when I did group therapy, that, that was the biggest eye-opening thing is that my worst day is someone else's best day. And and that was a kind of an uplift in a weird way because I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. One and two, you're not alone in this. I mean, we're all struggling every single day and whether people talk about it or they don't, that, that's, a, that's a huge thing. And I think that that's why when, when, when Luke, when you asked me about this, I was, I was all about it. I mean, I thought this was a great idea because especially us as men, us as grown adult men, we're the most stubborn pig headed dumbasses there are. And we have to talk about this. We have to normalize this or else, you know, it's going to be like, according to the guys you're saying that like the guy guys, it's like, well, I, I ain't no damn tofu. What the hell is that <laughs> bullshit? And then they eat it like, Oh, what's this? Oh, it's tofu? Well, we'll call it something else. It's better. It's better than that. This can't be tofu, right? Right. But we're definitely the demographic. Same thing with like like fertility and stuff like that. Like my wife and I try to have kids for years and we had to go through IVF and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that, hey, guess what? When you're in your mid-30s, it's a lot harder to get pregnant or to get your wife pregnant than it was when you're like 18 or 22 or 26. And I think that people just need to normalize this stuff. It's not voodoo. It's not, or not voodoo, but it's not a... Now I'm, I'm, I'm being, you now, Corey, uh, I can't, I can't find the words, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, that's one of those things where you, we should be able to talk about this stuff. And here we are. I mean, like we're all buddies now, but you know, at one point we were complete strangers and for the most part we still are, but it's so like refreshing and, and relieving to have these conversations just to say, look, dude, yeah, I, I have a problem with food. I have a problem with weight. Yeah. My body hurts. And, and I go through this struggle every day and, you know, and part of the video I'm going to make tomorrow for the fact that Chubby on my bike ride was that there was times where I was like, dude, I'm not going to make it today. I'm going to fucking die out here. Like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm like 38 miles into this 75 mile thing. And what, why am I even doing this <laughs> stupid? But you right. know, then, then you get your head straight and you keep on pushing through because this is something that you know you can do. Well, and I think when you touch on the base of seeing a psychiatrist, 
um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. I've dealt with my own situations in a lot of way. And it's funny that when you look at, you know, when somebody uses the word comfort food, how much definition and meaning can that actually be to somebody? That word comfort. Um, I, I know that a lot of times, and I, I'm going to oversimplify it for your your degree and your speciality. Oh, please but, don't. <laughs> I, I am a simple man, trust me. <laughs> but a lot of things are just, it, it comes down to trauma. That, you know, oh, yeah. I've, I've talked to a lot of people and it seems like most people who have some form of an addiction or some form of a relying on something else for comfort food or whatever, you can almost trigger back to stages of trauma and the mindset of where you were at at that point in time. And you don't move on from that. It's, you know, it's really interesting to see somebody who progresses through these stages of life, but there's still this sliver of this whole section of their life where, you know, just speaking out of my ass right now, but they may still be in that particular of handling a stress or a, a, a life event, still a 12 year old and what that 12 year old related to and just in a simple trauma and realizing, you know, that's, that's where your mind's going to that, that. You know, I had a bad day at school. My mom gave me Sundays. <laughs> I have a bad day at work. What am I going back to? You know, no, we subconsciously can relate that. Well, that correlation is 100% true. And that's just what it is. I mean, that's what a comfort food is comfort food. I mean, I mean, yeah, 100%. Whether it's like, it's, 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 it's all it is is like, it's like situ situational healing, I guess you can call it, right? Like, this makes me feel this way when I was 12 this Sunday from, you know, Dairy Queen or wherever you guys have, you know, whether it's Shoney's or, you know, all the different places you can go to, you know, you have those places that this is the one thing that I know, no matter what, no matter how bad my day is, you know, I mean, the world can be on fire, but if I go and get this one thing, it's going to take me back to that place and I can smell those smells and I have those visuals in my mind. And, and for that brief moment, every spoonful, I'm at peace. And that does make me feel better. And that's something that, that that's true, man. It's a, that's a fantastic point, Corey. I mean, like that, that's like, that's, it's like cracking the window open into any kind of food addicts or, or any kind of obese person's kind of mentality, a lot of ways, because that, that is a hundred percent it. Right. And, and, you know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, okay, I, I need this to feel better. And then there's this part where you, and the other part of comfort where you just like it. You like to feel full. You like to have good food. And I know that when I first started getting my career off the ground and making money, I was like, I want to go like have all the good shit. I want to have the good wine and the good whiskey and the good steaks and go to the fancy steakhouses and eat all the fancy stuff that now I can cook a lot better at home. But still, um, so there's a the part of that too, kind of like living kind of lavishly, if you will. But but really getting back to the food and the feel good, man, you, you a hundred percent just nailed it. I think that, that, that little snippet right there. I mean, if someone is listening for the first time and they hear that, they're gonna be like, you have one of those mind blowing moments where it's like, holy shit, that's it. That's it. That's it. 100% right? it. And that's why I do that. And then, but then how do you build on that? I mean, how do you accepting that and verbalizing that is huge, right? I think that we all have those deep dark secrets that we don't tell anyone. And Luke, you really, man, your 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 podcast, man, with your wife was amazing. It really was. I mean, just the, the stuff you were talking to her and like 
I think that you're even sharing new stuff during the podcast a little bit, but hearing her reactions to that, I was like, everything you said, I was like, oh, uh-huh, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it, man. And, 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 and then hearing her talk about it and, and her putting kind of like almost the onus on her, like the guilt on herself, like how can she do this better for you? That that's a, that's, that's definitely sounds like my wife too, but I mean, it's, my mind's like racing right now. So many different things now, Corey. You, you, I opened the hand. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's awesome, man. Like it's just a whole different level of understanding of it. I mean, it's like, I mean, those are the things that, that I kind of knew inside my own head, but to hear someone else verbalize it, it's, it's, it's awesome. Cause that, that's exactly what it is. And, and yeah, I think we we all go to different places when we hear different, we see different things or we have different smells, right? It's just a trigger for different memories, but yeah. All right. Well, yeah. And I think that's awesome. I'm, I'm going to lay in bed thinking about that. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think some of what I've tried mentally doing as I get older is I try to attach knowing what some of those stumbles for me are and were and knowing some of those situations i try to attach more to my world now and try to mentally replace them and you know doing something with my wife or doing something with my kids or and i i I, as long as i think about it sometimes i don't catch it in time but that's my goal is you know when that stressful day at work or whatever happens instead of doing that the other day i came home and i was done i was exhausted and my number three i got four kids so i just number them because i can't remember names anymore (laughs) so but my number three said something about daddy let's work out okay (laughs) you know what do you i mean at that point in time my mind right there switched to i have to do this for her because i want her to have this memory i don't know what her day was like i don't know what it was I want her to, I'm giving her control of my life right now because in that suggestion, she deserves it. Even though that's my exhausted day at work, I want to try to mentally hold that as my exhausted bad day at work comes home to working out. You know, replacing that of versus I want to go grab, you know, my bottle of whiskey and ease my day of work. I'm going to try to attach that memory to that, but just getting to that point of realizing what those triggers are or what they have been in the past and trying to replace them. That's not easy. And I did, I'm not going to claim that I've done that or mastered it or anything like that. I just know that's what I want my end goal to be. So that's the ritualistic habit that I want to try to start. Got it. Did it right that time. (laughs) Honestly, man, that's why I mean, for me, that's why I start my days off working out. I mean, well, one, because I know if I don't do it, then I won't do it first thing in the morning. But I mean, in in um, my my previous job before I, you know, with the firm I'm at right now, um, well, just in general life as a, as a corporate recruiter or agency recruiter, whatever you want to call it, it's just like sales, right? So I mean, it's it's high stress, it's deadlines, it's, it's hitting numbers, it's hitting time to fill, it's hitting this, that, and the other. So when I was in a commission-based job, working out first in the morning was was my church, man. It's my gospel. I had to go do it, and, and I got in this like great zen-like space, and I can come into work and have no stress. So, but, but by the time I left work, it'd be, I'd be you know high stress all over again, 
but every morning I hit the reset button and now it's just the same thing. But when I work out in the morning, it's, it's I have that time, I have that hour, 20 minutes, hour and a half in the morning to myself and I can think about nothing or I can think about everything or I can start planning my day out or I can think about this and, you know, it, it, it's, it gives you that, that freedom to do so. And, you know, for me, I, my kids are still really young and, and my wife definitely values sleep, but then again, she stays up late and not, you know, I go to bed early and get up early. So, you know, we, we find what works for us. What about you, Luke? When, when's your, when's your preferred time to work out and get things going on? Oh, he's over there to you. He's down there for me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I can change spots. Oh, you're good. I like, I like going in the morning. Uh, I usually drop the kids off and at school and then get to the gym and it, like you, like you said, it, it starts your day and resets everything. One thing I've touched base on before with, um, in one of my episodes is I make the bed now. I, I never used to make my bed and it's those little changes that equal big changes in the long run that make yeah. all the difference in the world. I absolutely like seeing that little thing that making the bed, it sets you up to succeed the rest of the day because you're doing something you know like that's something to be proud of that's something to move forward with yeah man that is definitely a good one uh, i i don't make the bed <laughs> I, I, every once in a while i do but um who who says that what are you listening to what's his name um jordan peterson no i know he talks a lot about that but jordan peterson he talks about a lot about making the bed and stuff like yeah. that so um yeah, that's my- a good one man my definition of making the bed is I roll the blanket a certain way so I can get back into it real easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get to that same spot. I want the blanket rolled right here. So when I lay down, it's that one little motion. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. My, my wife, I think maybe like eight pillows in the bed. So my wife makes my bed or bed after we go to bed. Huh? Yeah. My wife makes our bed after we go to bed. The sheets have to be a certain way so I can lay down and be covered up and I'll be all comfy. She'll come in and be like, no, this is wrong. And she makes the bed and it's like, damn it. I was warm and cozy and now you're making the bed. My wife what, does what, what is What is that? She's like, see uh, this little lip see, thing? This is supposed to be at the top and it's, not, it's, on, it's on the side right now. It needs to be on the top. I'm like, it feels the same. Comfortable. Well, I, yeah, I'm not sure about you guys. Like, I basically sleep in my boxers or like a pair of gym shorts, and then my wife will come to bed like in a hoodie and sweats and like curl up into me. And I'm like, I'm like, D- no, now now I'm hot. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm wearing basically nothing. I have one leg out and like half my body uncovered because I'm so hot and I have the fan going on and it's freezing outside. And you're in a hoodie. I'm like. <laughs> like we, I, I'm like we, I have like a cuddle period, and I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. I'm sweating now. Yep. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. Way off topic. Look, we, we, <laughs> way off topic now. Way off topic now. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. Man. Right. Informed <laughs> conversation. That's well, I I could go into this. We're human beings, man. My wife got a she she likes nightgowns. Um, I call my her little house on the prairie outfits. Um. And she's got this one. It's, it's like a flannel, but it's super thick. It's it's twice as thick as a regular flannel shirt. Boy, she'll she'll wear that, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so comfortable." And then you know, two hours later, she's waking me up because she's 
the bed soaked from her sweat. Like, man, give yeah. it. Yeah, she, but my wife does the same thing. She'll come to bed all, all like, like literally sweats, hoodie, socks, the whole nine. And throughout the night, and then she'll wake up and like, just like basically a t-shirt, right? And then and be done with it. But then of course it's so cold the next morning. And it's like, I, I, I can't relate because I'm, I'm, I'm literally always hot. But yeah, now that I've lost a bunch of weight, I do get cold now, which is the one side effect of losing weight that I didn't think about. So now I've dropped 80 pounds, like I do get cold and I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, that's the one, I guess the one negative of being healthy, right? I get cold and I <laughs> right. finally understand everyone's hoodie obsession. I'm like, I never knew it. Like, this is dumb. What I mean, like I'd wear a hoodie when it was like 17 degrees outside. I'd be like shorts and a hoodie and my flip flops outside. Yep. But now it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's like 55 degrees. I need a sweatshirt. I'm like, did I just say that? <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, <clears throat> And even yep. today, like I, I had like long, thick socks on. I've got sweats. I've got two shirts on. I had a jacket and I had a beanie on because my son and I wanted to play outside before, you know, down here it's supposed to, it's actually freezing right now in Houston. We're supposed to get the, the, the coldest weather we've had in almost 40 years. So it might actually snow tonight, tomorrow, and then Wednesday. So people are freaking out. And I'm like, well, this is the forecast the past couple of weeks. If you're a normal human being, you pay attention to that and like tomorrow, like the one thing I get the day off. So the one thing I'm really doing other than being a dad is just making a big pot of chili and we're good. I bet yeah. if you go to the store, there's no bread. Mm -mm. <laughs> no bread, no eggs, no milk. I, I, End of the world. I, I, yeah. And then you know, toilet paper, you know, because I don't think people have stockpiled enough of that in the last year. <laughs> right. But yeah. People freak out about it. Um, luckily, our local grocery stores here actually have a, a national disaster team. And they try to predict these things and they'll stock up big times around that. Even like with with uh, coronavirus, they they identified that beforehand. So when the grocery stores were open back up, they had like pallets of like stuff like tuna and crackers and like end of the world type stuff. So that's, that's awesome. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a great chain. You know, what's amazing is that whenever weather pops up, you know, a storm's coming, and even up here in the Midwest, you know, we all experience it all the time. But, you know, the grocery store's always packed whenever snow is coming or a big storm is coming or whatever. Everyone's hitting the grocery stores. It, it amazes me that we as general society will prepare more for a winter storm than we will for our own Yeah. There's Corey. Always bringing it back to topic. <laughs> Boom. Topic. But guys, on that note, I, I do have to jump off. Um, it's time for me to be a dad. It's bath night, so I got to jump on it. Um, thank you so much for everything. Uh, this has been a great experience so far. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce out, but you guys definitely keep going. I look forward to watching the rest of this online. All right. Take care. Have a wonderful Thanks, evening guys. and stay well, warm down there. Yep. Do it again next week. Yep. All right. Then there were now, two. Luke, you have a chance to talk. <laughs> we keep cutting you off all the time. We just run right oh, over it's, you. It's good. Like I, like I said, I, and, like I said last time, I just, uh, I was more into listening. Like you guys started talking. I was like, man, that that's so true. And then I just kept thinking. <laughs> Yeah, but you're you're the one with the radio voice. Oh, I don't know about that. I hate my voice. <laughs> no.
Um, and Zoom's telling me that we only have 10 minutes left. Yeah, I was going to say that went quick. I got notified it on well, it too. That's the thing that really surprises me with these things is, you know, that's a topic or discussion we had to start with is, well, this is going to make me click on it here. Hopefully it won't stay off. But um, it is, you know, 30 minutes isn't enough time to have a, a much of an in-depth discussion. I know doing my own videos or whatever, you know, I, I try to get enough content out there, but, you know, a 10-minute video, I'm rambling, you know, versus yep. filling some space. You get two or three people on an input, 30 minutes, 40 minutes goes by in a blink of an eye. Yeah. And it's interesting. Easily, we could have an hour each to talk. Oh, on, yeah. On any any one of the topic ideas that we, we do. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's the, you have any more input on, you know, getting back on track when life knocks you off? No, I mean, I think we touched on most of it. Like I said, just before I would, it's game over. If, you know, something's not right, I'm done. I messed up. But I think a lot of that was um, me not wanting it because I was sick of doing the diet. I was sick of eating healthy. I, I was sick of working at it when it's so much easier just to you know throw in a bag of pizza rolls but right but now um like i mentioned earlier so for me restricting leads to binging so if i cut things out dramatically i'm if i when i fail it i fail bad so i i do these little i do little changes that make big changes in the long run and i just keep going in the right direction as long as i'm heading downhill essentially because i'm losing the weight i'm okay as long as i'm moving in that direction where i'm living a healthy lifestyle i'm okay so if i do screw up today there's always tomorrow don't beat yourself up about it that was that was one thing i used to oh man i'm you know i'm so pissed off at myself well there's nothing we can do about it now so take it and push forward yeah yep I, I think, uh, you know, being real with yourself and knowing what you're doing it for and yep. what your goals are in a realistic goal fashion, you know, and keeping that easily accessible. I know a lot of times we get, I get going in a direction and I get comfortable, I get happy and, or, you know, comfortable to where it's really hard to focus on, you know, walking up the steps is such a pain that's why i want to lose weight is because it's so painful well once the knees stop what's my motivation now i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good. good i'm happy yeah. thing I'm, right i'm cured but, but i'm still not good yeah right exactly <laughs> they don't hurt as bad so now yeah. i can go back to how everything was yeah <laughs> i think yeah keeping that stuff accessible for us as well uh, helps keep things on track it's you know whether <laughs> And I also think that everyone around you has to be on track or yeah. on, on the same team. You got to have that support system. Like on my episode with my wife, you know, I, I wouldn't be anywhere near. So I'll give you a little story. Super Bowl. Um, I got a notification from a restaurant. If you spend $40, you get $40 in free wings. So I was like, babe, I'll do it. And we'll have food for a couple of days. Right? No. She's like, do you think that's a really good idea? I'm like, 
oh, you know, we'll have leftovers. And she's like, do you think that's what's going to happen? <laughs> well, I canceled it, but it was, it was close. So you, you do have to have that, that support around you. You can't have somebody that's going to, you know, like my wife, she lets me slack, but enough's enough, like time to get back at it, you know? Right. Right. And my wife does a really good job on, you know, especially during the week. It's funny that she'll actually set up and, you know, help me with all the food prep and send me to, she usually almost anymore sends me to work with more food than I can possibly eat, <laughs> which is good because, you know, it's all, you know, it's salads, it's all right. healthy options. So it's one of those things where no matter what, I, I have enough food. The weekends is where we get really out of whack is, you know, it's one of those things, well, what are we going to eat? She's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm not used to this. This isn't, this isn't my plan. I need to, <laughs> yeah. right. I, I need to, I need to go this way. And then I watch the kids walking through the house, eating pop tarts or, you know, bowls <laughs> of cereal. It's like, what's it? wait, hold on now. Yeah. <laughs> That's not right. So yeah, I, I, mean, I think having that whole team effort is a, a, a huge challenge. And I know it's a lot more challenging for other people than it is for me because my family's at least, you know, partially there. I, I know a lot of people that's their complaint is their spouse is like totally against it uh, almost to a point which that would be a tremendous battle to be in and I don't know what advice I'd have to them other than you know smacking them upside the head with a you know a two by four or something <laughs> get, you, you know we're in line this is how we're going this is what needs to be done because I think in a relationship like that when it comes to the other person's health we have to be supportive yep. you know it's one of those things where you know i'm i'm passive passive aggressive at times as my wife says but i i also know that i can be persistent in a way of you know i haven't got her working out with me yet that's one of my goals is to keep being you know this is where i want you at because i know once she's on board then it's really hard for me to get off board yeah it becomes easier sense. for you yeah right because well now i have more of an obligation to do so yep. i think as a, a man you know it's easy for us to uh follow suit on our obligations well that's uh, it's easy. like me with my podcast you know like the reason i put it out there was because i don't want to let people down like i've let myself down over and over and i'm, I'm used to that but you know now I'm, I'm putting it out there my family knows about it if I were to quit now, they're all going to know I'm a, um, I'm a loser and I'm a failure. And right. I don't want to let those people down, you know? Um, but now, now it is about me as well. You know, I don't, I don't want to quit. I, I want to keep going. I want to be happy um, and healthy. You know, I know, you know, losing the weight's not going to make me happy, but I want to, I want to live a happy, healthy life. You know, um, dropping 170 pounds isn't going to make make things happy but being able to run around with my kids is you know like fitting on a roller coaster with the kids that's gonna make me happy absolutely and i think with that is you know we need to go ahead and try to wrap up before we get yeah, an episode cut off three. again <laughs> and you know and happiness is a, a necessary goal to have and we need to realize what makes us happy 
and what we want to do because I, I know we hit on this a lot of different areas and stuff but you know sometimes we fall back in things because that's what makes us happier gives us that impression of being happy I think we also need to realize that you know when you're off task or off track you need to realize that you want to be doing these things for your own happiness and reaching those goals of taking the roller coaster with the kids fitting on that or being able to go hiking or whatever the function is that you want to do that's needs to be in a place that you're easy to access that yesterday wasn't my best day but today I woke up and my goal is still to be able to do these things and it's those little goals, those little enjoyments. It's not, it doesn't have to be a number on a scale. It can be, you know, I want to go take my kids to the theme park and we're going to ride every single ride. Yep. That's a good enough goal. It doesn't have to be a numerical value or anything. So yep. on that, anything else, Luke? Nope. That's it. Well, I mean, it's not it, but it's all we'll talk about. Well, until next time, we appreciate everyone watching. Make sure to leave a comment, like, subscribe, give us any kind of feedback you'd like to. This is Trimming the Fat. I'm Corey. I'm Luke. And that was Adam. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk to you guys later.